You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. This is episode 352 and you're listening on... uh, February 25th. This is uh, Joshua J. Mills uh, uh, recording another episode, and I'm here with uh, with Matt Riddle. <laughs> He's Matt Riddle, neener, neener. Hi, it's Jason. Screw those jerks. Just kidding. They did a very fine job. I thought it was pretty funny. I enjoyed their episode. Honestly. It was amazing. I thought they were going to um, go harder on us. The, here's, the, here's the one thing, the one takeaway from it. First of all, I hate it because when Riddle talks at length, he just sounds really smart, and you realize he's actually a <laughs> genuinely nice dude, even though I think he's a d- but um but anyways what is with joshua j mills radio voice why does he yeah what right? is that he's like normally he's like hey i'm joshua he does when he's like he's some coffee well, i'm crazy but he's like it, hey it's josh yeah it was super mellow when i first started listening i was like who yeah. is this who is this and then he said it josh and i was like what yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird it's a super mellow calm sort of sort of smooth radio yeah. host voice it's it's trying to be yeah it's it's, to it be. was weird yeah, yeah it was it's, it was out of character it, his radio voice kind of reminds me of if like if an alien had only read about what a radio broadcast <laughs> was like and then they had to they had to do the voice that's what they would do uh, uh, okay so anyway that's fine that episode was fantastic. Yeah, thank um, you guys. The call-ins, I think, were the best. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, I, I have a theory, and uh, and Josh or Matt or or Jason Katarski, you can confirm this theory. But uh, you guys call, you had people call in and say mockingly mean stuff about us. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, Katarski was like, "Hey guys, I love you. You're awesome." I'm gonna I'm gonna wager, and Rob agreed with me on this because I, uh-huh. I mentioned this to Rob that. He couldn't handle just saying mean stuff. I was like, you guys need to put this nice thing at the end to congratulate them <laughs> because he's such a decent human being. I'd say there's a fair chance that he specifically requested <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> and they begrudgingly did it. So, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, but yeah, hey. Josh and Matt, thank you guys. That was super, super kind of you uh, and uh, super, super cool. And, yeah. uh, and I kind of wish you had been a little meaner to us i was a little surprised that they yeah. weren't yeah right so i honestly i i was less worried about riddle being mean and more worried about mills just like being crazy and me but i yeah. think he was so caught up in that radio voice that he just couldn't do it he couldn't he couldn't escape right yeah yeah when push came to shove you, you still could hear the south carolina accent a little bit through the radio voice he was well, trying to hide it but you know yeah. he does his best yeah anyways hey uh the year of pablo continues it jason does, the, the year, year of pablo, pablo. Uh, what do we have here tonight? So we are trying trying soda number three. It's the year of Pablo. He sent us some sodas. So I'm just gonna start putting the taglines yeah. like that on everything. It's gonna be great. Rob's gonna read from uh, Pablo's Neil Roberts esque write up. Right. So this next one is called uh, again. Probably gonna screw up the pronunciation. Apologies. I think it's Guarapan. Uh, it might be Guarapan. I'm not sure. And anyway, that's from his hometown. Uh, and uh. uh uh, Guarapan mixes Guarana and apple juice. And somehow comes out looking Look, like a cola. It looks like a cola. It's dark. <laughs> yeah, let's see. What does it smell like? It's, it's got uh, it. Yeah, it smells kind of fruity. Yeah. Kind of yeah, sweet. It's yeah. kind of fruity. That's good. Yeah. yeah let's All try right. it. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Hmm. Oh. Mmm. Mmm. I like that. Oh, I'm a big fan yeah. of that. That's tasty. That is good stuff. I like that. I like that. 
And the uh, the can with this one was so cute. It, it was, was like, a small can. It was a little tiny can. Like a little eight was, ounce can. I was going to say, yeah, like an eight yeah. ounce can. Yeah. Yeah. Like an eight ounce. I think it was eight ounce. Yeah. And it wasn't six. Definitely was not 12. I think it, it was, was like eight. Well, it wasn't 12 was standard. And I don't think it was six because they make those little, Coke makes those little six ounce cans. Yeah. That little, looks a little bigger than that. But bigger. it's, I'm going to tell you, builders, it is six feet away from me and it's I am not getting up and going over there and looking at it. Adorable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an eight. It's it, yeah, it's tasty. Mm. Go out, guadapan in a guadacan. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Oh, this is tasty though. Um, you know, Pablo, you have uh, set the bar for best builder ever. I think. I think um, so because you sent us a bunch yeah. of soda. Uh, yeah, from another country, uh, which right. makes it even more special. So you're the best cooler. builder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're the best builder. So if you um. If you have a LinkedIn profile or an email <laughs> signature, um, you are licensed to put best builder on there. Right. Um, it just, you know, with the abbreviation BB at the end, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I would also uh, uh, possibly recommend to anyone who, who else can't use BBE because you're not the best builder ever. Uh, you could still do hashtag Riddle Sucks. Just as a just yep. as a thought, I mean, always you know, a good alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who are not qualified as BB, yeah, yeah. Uh, hashtag Riddle sucks. No, Pablo, if you're inclined to put hashtag Riddle sucks, you of course could still use that. Oh, but, certainly. But please use certainly. BBE. I mean, it's great. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, it just speak truth, right? Right. Speak truth. Right. Speak the truth. Hashtag Riddle sucks. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, that's the thing, you know. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah uh so um last last time we recorded we were obviously in two different places so again, apologies looking back on the poor sound quality that was a couple no, of weeks ago no we weren't last time we recorded we were doing an interview sitting right here oh sorry yeah but, yeah sorry <laughs> so anyway uh a couple of weeks ago when we were trying to record uh obviously we it was middle of ice storm i couldn't make it to jason's place once again though tonight recording another ice storm but but this is also the second time we tried to have this interview so you were yeah. like i'm coming to your house right. no matter what yeah so another ice storm i'm uh, I, and i want to say um to uh to all the uh all the people uh, and i think this is typically men um generally men uh, i'm assuming um to all the people in michigan um who who drive big trucks, you know, who don't need to drive big trucks, but feel like it's important that they drive big trucks. You know, I'm talking trucks that are like 18 to 20 feet long, you know. Um, <laughs> got my 20-footer. Because they got to they gotta compensate for something. We all know what, what I'm talking about. When it's, when it's, you know, less than 20 degrees outside and it's an ice storm and there is... A nice even sheet of half inch thick ice over um, everything, including the road. Um, you don't need to tailgate me, okay? You're not going to intimidate me into going faster, right? The speed limit on this road is already 35. I'm going 30. I know. I realize I'm going under the speed <laughs> limit. I get it. You know why I'm doing that? Because there's a half inch of ice on the road. And and it's not like I'm driving a vehicle that's inappropriate, okay? I'm right. driving an SUV with four-wheel drive, okay? Just because you have four-wheel drive does not mean you can still go 50 miles an hour. And it also does not mean that it's okay to tailgate people. So... To the guy who rode my <laughs> for 40 minutes on my drive over here tonight, 
Was he coming all the way here? All the way here. Was it my neighbor? I don't. Well, he did not turn in your oh. neighborhood. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah then no. But unless, he, unless you were going so slow that he went to the next road because he knew he could get there faster could be. than following you. Could be, right? To that guy, I want to say, go yourself. <laughs> and I know he's not going to hear this, yeah, and that no. doesn't matter. Which is good, because if it was my neighbor, I, I would feel bad. But you know, but just why? Be, you know, I um, people feel the need to drive really crappy here. Why? Like, I don't understand. What is why. that going to accomplish? Well, and here's the thing: on 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 my road, the road to get here to my neighborhood, it is 35. It is a windy road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next to a lake. If you slide off, you just go right into the water. No right. one finds you. It's why cool. did he feel the need to tailgate me yeah. that whole way? Yeah, people speed down that road all the time. I don't understand. Oh, you want to hear something fun about driving? So we live on the corner in a yeah. in a neighborhood. Uh, with, we live with the in the main road through the neighborhood. It is the only stop sign, right? Uh, that was actually attracted us to this house mm-hmm. because it's safer, right? People yeah. have to stop. And then the side street that cuts through is. Is not as well driven, especially um, sure. you know in the winter. Um, but anyways, uh, there's this uh, vehicle that uh, every day I see it going probably 35 to 40 in my neighborhood. The speed limit's 25. Yeah. Um, straight to the stop sign, no braking. Never. In fact, in fact, uh, so I so I was tired of this. So I finally and I could see it was a teenage teenage dude. Yeah. So I posted on on our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know who this person is. Uh, but they're driving. This is the vehicle they're driving. Uh, looks like a teenage guy. Uh, if you, if their parents are reading this, you can do me a solid and ask them to be a little more considerate and not race to the stop sign. That'd be awesome. Somebody immediately responds and says, I see that dude. He doesn't just not slow down. I swear he speeds up. And I think what he does is he probably lets his foot off the gas. Yeah. Glances both sides and then guns. Then it, goes. Right? Yeah. Still not safe, especially in winter. Right. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, so this lady posts, pretty sure that's my kid. I'm really sorry. I'm going to take care of it. Good. Saw him today. He stopped. Good. Good. Because you know what? You live in you yeah. live in this tiny little neighborhood where everyone watches everyone else's business. Well, it, it's the, here's the deal. Like, I in the summer when we're outside with our kids, I see people do it all the time and it sure. drives me crazy. It's like, it's one stop sign, guys. It's three seconds of it's your life to like not endanger children. And yeah. people play on the corner on the opposite side. There's that drainage pond. So mm-hmm. there's like that mm-hmm. big area in front of there. Kids are over there playing all the time. It's sure. like, guys, come on. Yeah. Just be safe. You know? But anyway, so I, I probably got a little too much joy out of getting the teenage kid in trouble. Because no, she's good. like, she's like, if he doesn't stop, we'll just take his car. I was like, you take his car. Yeah, yeah. take his car away. He clearly has not learned <laughs> right. how to so. drive like a like a considerate person. Human being, yeah. Anyway. So anyways. Uh, so, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah, what's new? Oh, uh, what is new? Oh, gosh. Uh... Uh, so I started working on a game with uh, Neil Roberts. Uh-oh. Uh, that can't go well. You know what? I'll tell you what. Um, it is uh, a fantastic co-design experience. I don't believe um, you. I believe that Neil's a great guy to work with. but <laughs> No, so I had a game uh, that I don't think I actually ever pitched on the show. Uh, I thought you did. Anyway, go on. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Whatever. Maybe I did, but... Anyways, it's I'm all not, a blur. I'm not going to talk about the game, uh, okay. <laughs> but at some point I want to get Neil on so we can we can kind of co-pitch it. Oh, um, I, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, it's just been fantastic. Like so, we Good. we meet once a week and we go through the stuff. And uh, I've co-designed with others before. Um, you know, who shall remain to, nameless. To great success. Yeah, to great success. No, no, no. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm just dogging on Julio for dogging on me. But no, um, uh. The one of the things that seems to fit really well with Neil and I um, is, and I 
I, Julia, I'm not giving you a hard time. I love working with you. We need to actually work together more again. Call me, man. Call me. I know you're going to be like, I called you. You didn't call me back. That uh-huh. might be true. Anyways, I'm digressing. Call me, maybe. So anyways, um, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, so uh, Neil and I, it's it's been pretty good because uh, we, we seem to have similar styles in the way we work, but he also enjoys things about game design that I don't enjoy and vice versa. And that's, that's nice, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of is a good pairing in that. You know, he can work on stuff um, and I can work on other stuff. And so it's been it's been good. And we started with a design I had and he kept mm-hmm. saying, you should do this to it. You should do that to it. And like, Those are solid ideas. And he's like, have you done this yet? Have you done that yet? And I was like, I haven't. <laughs> and I was like, why don't we just do this game together? Yeah. Um, so but it's been it's been a lot of fun uh, meeting with him again tomorrow. Uh, and uh, he's going to uh, teach me how to use Tabletop Simulator. Oh, cool. So that was on sale for half off. It's only oh, nice. $9.99 right now, I think, nice. on Steam. Yeah. By the time this goes up, that sale will be over. I mean, sure. Steam Steam frequently has decent sales on that. Um, so if you watch Steam and if you watch Humble, Humble Bundle sometimes will have a tabletop simulator included in one of their bundles too. Oh, cool. Yeah. So so anyways, um, he already got the game out there. So I think tomorrow he's going to teach me how and we're going we're nice. to play test it out there. Good. Uh, but I'm excited about that because that is uh, that seems like a really cool way to get some extra play testing in. Yeah. Um, and I, other people have told me about it before, but... Uh, it's always been like, oh, I can show you how to do it. Neil just put the game out there. I said, I put it out here. Let's mm. play it with that. And I was like, Good. all right, let's do that. So, and also it helped that it, the, you know, was only nine bucks to buy, uh, to buy it. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Steam. So Good. Yeah. Good times. Right on. Um, I don't think I've played any new games. Kay. Played some games, but oh, I did play, uh, Clue Jr. Clue Jr. I got that recently. Uh, a used copy that was still yeah. in perfect shape. And uh, I'll tell you what, Clue Jr. is really well made. Is it? Um, Good. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you're trying to figure out who ate the cake. Who ate uh, the cake? Not who murdered someone in cold blood. Well, that's less uh, exciting, but okay. You're trying to figure out uh, who ate the cake, when, what time they ate it, mm. and what drink they had with it. Oh, um, so, okay. Okay. yeah. And um, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's clever. They actually, the, the main mechanic of the game, instead of having cards, because kids would be bad with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they have, um, uh, cardboard cutouts. What standees? Standees is the word I was looking for. And the base of the standees, you randomize those. There's two different colors, yellow and white. You randomize those, and then put people on the white ones and the uh, objects like a piano and uh, a plant in each room on the other uh, color. Mm, and okay. uh, so when you do something, it allows you to look under that. Well, the people have either blank, which gives you no information other than the person is not the person who did it. Uh-huh. Cookie crumbs, which tells you, oh, or cake crumbs, they ate the cake. Oh. Or a time, which tells you that is not the time not that the, the cake time was in. Because okay. in the middle of the board are, without standees, two just the bases. Gotcha. One of each color. Okay. Um, but it's super clever. Like, hmm. I, I really was impressed with how, you know, and it's a real game, right? I mean, it's not just a game for kids. I mean, yeah. it's certainly dumbed down from the real clue and there's not a lot of inferring you can do like with clue. And it's like, what, what did you see? But what did you not see? And all this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, with the, uh, you know, with the, with this, it's a little more straightforward, but, uh, the kids are loving it and we're loving it. We played like three or four games of it at this point. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyways, well, good. I was pretty, pretty jazzed about that. Right on. So that's fun. How about you? I think I talked about finishing the um, the choose your own adventure game. Yeah, and then it was a little little bit of a letdown in the end. Yeah, it wasn't super exciting. Um, we got so so uh, for Christmas, somebody uh, a friend of ours uh, got Christine for Christmas, um, uh, and I guess 
Well, we're not sure yet. Um, she she got she got a box in the mail. It, it, it's a it's some some kind of like escape room monthly escape room game um, subscription service. And we we've gotten one. We got we got the box for January, which is some kind of Titanic mystery game. Okay. Um, and I it's killing me now. I should have taken a picture of it. I don't remember what the website was. Um, you know, we're halfway through Jan or February at this point, so I don't know if we're going to get one for February or not. We're still not sure if it's a subscription or if it was just just one month. Um. But uh, but it's it's some kind of some kind of uh, Titanic find you know solve the mystery before the Titanic sinks um, a little little That's game cool. yeah it was neat it showed up in the mail we didn't even know what it was or who it was from and we we had to make a few phone calls to figure out who actually bought it for us for Christmas um, but uh, which is you know a great way to give somebody a gift it's part of the puzzle right <laughs> um, so yeah we have we've got that I, I poked around it looks like a, a neat little kind of mini escape room puzzle solve thing uh and it, the game comes with components i think there's three big envelopes that are sealed that you don't open until you start playing the game and you're supposed to use you know use your phone or your tablet to go online and go to their website and put in a specific code to launch the game and that gives you a timer oh that's cool yeah it's neat so it looks fun and it's it's a full full color printed cardboard box um wow yeah uh, uh so it looks it looks well done uh so uh we'll probably bust that out one, one night coming up soon and uh I will report back. Cool. Yeah. I've, there's one on Facebook keeps advertising me that's like hunt a serial killer on date night. And mm. it's the same type of thing. They send you like a folio and yeah. you go through it trying to figure out who the serial killer is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it was neat. Um, so we'll see where that ends up. Um, that's it. Yeah, I'm still playing Hitman 2, man. Yeah. Gosh, I love that game. Oh, you love Hitman 2. I love that. It's so good. I, speaking of which, I yeah. should talk about a game here that okay. I have fallen in love with yeah. uh, on the iPhone. And that game is called Solitarica. I've heard of this. It is like, so I saw it. I spent $2.99 on it. I got Ooh. nervous. Then I spent another 99 cents to unlock more things in Ooh. it. But I'll tell you what. Yeah. It is. So it's Tri-Peak Solitaire, right? Yeah. So the kind where you're, uh, I have a six in front of me means I could click on either a seven or a five, yeah. right? And then you're trying to run the chain as far as you can. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to run out of cards, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. So basically you're finding a monster and their health is this deck of cards in front yeah. of you. Each monster has a different shape, different size, depending on how big it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and each monster has special abilities. And then you pick a class. Uh, the monk is by far the best. I've <laughs> done a lot of yeah. looking and okay. uh, the monk is really good. And so you have abilities and every time you take a card, it has a suit. Well, that suit gives you energy and mm-hmm. an ability. Uh, and you can mix and match your, your abilities or spells as they call them. And you can put different items on. And then you can do permanent upgrades to your character. Every time you finish the game or lose mm-hmm. uh, and you have to start over, you get these gems that allow you to then buy things to make yourself permanently upgraded. Because other than okay. that, all the items and stuff you earn, you lose it all at the end. Sure. And you start over, right? Okay. Um, it's kind of got that recycling yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. back to start game. Uh Oh my gosh, it's fantastic! Good. Like it is fantastic. Um, the the biggest mistake I made was showing it to my son, uh, so now <laughs> I can only play it with him. Uh, uh, so, which I actually love playing it with him. Okay, good. But you know, I can't let him play it like for an hour a day, yeah. uh, like I would like to. So, yeah. <laughs> I used like for, the first week I got it, I've been able to lay in bed for thirty minutes to an hour every night and just wow. play because it was, it's just it's very dynamic. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. Okay. It's really really well done. So, um, cool. Solitarica. Check that out. Yeah, Christine's been playing Cook Serve Delicious on her phone. She loves that game. I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a kind of a if 
efficiency time management game about oh, running a yeah. restaurant. You got to fill the orders, make make the orders and yep. deliver. Too much anxiety. Yeah, that, I'm not. I don't like those Actually, games either. I'm surprised Christine oh, likes. She that. loves those games. She, really? Yeah, she got really into a lot of cooking games lately. Actually, I th- um, it started with Overcooked on uh, PS4. Um, and she, she burned through that whole game in like a week and a half. Uh, and just, you know, I think she got a platinum on it. Just, just destroyed it. And I, I, and it's, it's designed to be a, a multiplayer game, but I refuse to play it with her cause it just drives me crazy. I get so stressed out. Yeah. And then, and then she started playing something else on iPhone. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I heard this cook serve delicious thing is good. And she, she again, burned through that real fast too. Um, anyway, so she's into that. Nice. Nice. Uh, Yeah. We didn't really have a topic. I have some stuff I want to talk about. Sure. So I, I thought I would just sort of... This is kind of an update for the builders. And also, I just want to kind of talk about some frustrations and some experiences I've had lately. I haven't had a very productive winter so far. And yeah. and that's come from... And I want to talk about kind of where that came from for me. Um, and and anyway, I'll just get into it. Um, and I have no idea what you're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, we didn't talk Literally about Literally no idea. So coming out of, uh, out of Gen Con um, this past year, 2018, mm-hmm. uh, I had really, really, really good meetings with some publishers around both Hardpoint and Item Shop, okay? Yes. Uh, really good meetings, really encouraging stuff, uh, uh, and I felt great about both of those those meetings. Uh, both both of those connections, uh, good conversations with publishers, good follow-up with those publishers, really encouraging. Um with Hardpoint, uh, uh, well, I'll, uh, let me start with Item Shop. So with Item Shop, I, I learned a lot uh, at Gen Con uh, and, and pitched to that publisher at Gen Con. And I'm not going to say who these publishers were, of course. Well, of course not. Cause no. Because then you'd be a Yeah. Um, and... Uh, uh, and and I so so pitched to them and, and they were really encouraging and I said but I said you know what I have some changes I need to make based on playtesting here so I'll tell you what why don't I why don't I take it back make some updates and then uh, I'll get I'll get you an updated prototype to Grand Con which was in September last year mm-hmm. right yep. and I and I couldn't make it to Grand Con unfortunately but you you uh, were the courier and you, I was yes and I appreciate that still and you brought them a copy of uh, I did item shop. And, you know, and I followed up with them after the fact and, and said, hey, you know, just let me know if you guys have any questions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and the publisher the publisher got busy, as people do, you know, that's fine. People get busy. People get distracted. It, you know, it wasn't forefront. People get busy. <laughs> it wasn't in the forefront of their mind. You know, they had other conventions. They had a couple of Kickstarters they had to launch and so on and so forth. But, you know, a, a few periodic follow-ups and I wasn't getting a lot of response, a lot of answers. Um and and that carried through into December. And finally, uh, in, at one point in December, they said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." They emailed me, I think, on a Wednesday. So we're going to play that sometime in the next two nights, and we'll get back to you. And they didn't, and and that was really frustrating. And you know, weeks went by, and it got to be the end of December, and I sent a follow up email saying, "Hey, you know, just checking in. I know it's the holidays. It's busy. I was busy too. Not a big deal. Uh, just checking in to see if you had any updates." And I didn't get a reply from that. And that was really frustrating. Uh, and then we finally got to early um, early uh, February, and I sent a follow-up mm-hmm. email to that publisher. And I said, hey, uh, just want to want to check in with you. I don't know if you've had a chance to play the game. If you're not interested, it's cool. You know, but I, I know I just appreciate some kind of follow-up. And and they, they came back and said, you know what, it's it's not for us. Fair okay. enough. That's yeah. fair, right? That's fair. No, no hard feelings on that. It's frustrating that it took so long for them to decline it. Right, but you know, to be fair, that's not 
that is not abnormal for a publisher in general. No, no, um, right. I know in your case, it felt like they were very excited in the beginning. Yeah. So I think that uh, you kind I, of thought I, things I, were going to turn around a little faster than I they did. I had gotten but. the impression that, that they were they were really, really positive on the game. Um, and, and in the end, they said, hey, we don't, you know, we, we like the game, but we think thematically it's too close to this other thing. Right. Um, Which is, that's fair? That's fair. Okay, that's fair. Um, so frustrating that that I just didn't get anything out of them and in, in, in for a while and okay so that's one thing right you okay there you bump your leg on something yeah, sorry okay <laughs> um so okay and in in that time it was sort of you know I don't know I don't know where I want to go with this I, I like when I when I gave him the prototype prototype I felt really good about the game and felt really comfortable with it and it was just a matter of you know. I don't want to make a bunch more changes because because the tuning that I need to do from here is going to change based on the publisher's taste, and so I right. kind of stopped on it. And you know, any any tuning or any balance they want to put into the economy of that game, I think that publisher is going to be the one to decide how how they like that to feel. And so I I stopped right. working on it. And, and that game, to be fair, is a game where there could be a ton of that depending on. The taste of the, the taste, right? I think so. It's, right, it's it's got a lot of things in it. So it sure does. Lots could happen. Right, um, and and so rather than do a bunch of work that they might scrap, I said, you know what? Let me just hold off. Um, and that uh, and that was my decision to to not work on it for for so long. Um, so a hard point was a very different story. Um, so hard point coming out of Gen Con, the publisher was was just just riding high yeah could not have been more positive more encouraging it felt like from my perspective as not the designer it felt like the game was beyond sold yeah that was basically what what they said to me uh coming out of gen con and, and they said hey we're, we've got this ip that we're working with we have another game that's been in development for for about a year with this ip we like yours more so we're going to put yours out first that was the long and short of Which, what they said to me. Wow. Wow, right? We, we, we kept in touch after Gen Con. We, you know, I gave them a set of, because the game requires custom dice. I gave them a set of custom dice to take with them so they could continue playtesting. You know, uh, I, they, they gave me feedback on some, some adjustments, some tuning for their preferences. I made a lot of changes to the game based on that. I even took it from a, a basic roll and write game into being a miniatures based game, yeah, yeah. which, which was the right decision. And right. I've talked yep. about that before, right? That was absolutely the right decision for the game. Um, they loved it. They play tested. They got really excited about it. Um, so much so that after they did that, they tweeted a picture of themselves playing the game and said, uh, and, and, and said, this is going to be their next game. They announced yeah. they announced it on Twitter that they would be publishing Hardpoint, um, but I hadn't gotten a contract from them yet. Right, right, right. And so at that point, when they made a public announcement that they were publishing my game, but they hadn't offered me a contract yet, and, and keep on again at this point, we had a we had like a a, a, a four month development plan that we'd already agreed to. Right. Okay. Right. Um. All via email, though. All via yeah. email, right? Yeah, and a couple of Skype calls too. Um, we I, I, we had a Skype call separately with one of them. He, he and I, uh, where we just talked about the fiction and the in and the the details of this IP that I was not familiar with, so they so they could help me design to fit that IP because right, I was always right. thinking BattleTech before. That's what I had in my head. Um, so after they they announced that on Twitter, and I got some congratulatory tweets about it. Um, Which were like surprise to me. <laughs> yeah, I emailed them back and I said, "Hey guys, 
look, I'm I'm really glad that you that you like the game. Thank you so much. Um, I think maybe it's time we talk about a contract, right? Okay, yeah, which is fair. Probably good to talk about it before. Sure. Between that, in this, my opinion, I'm in not my in opinion, loop, but yeah, right. So, and I think this is the day after they made the announcement on Twitter. I sent that email, uh, and uh, a couple of days later, uh, one of them replied to me and said, "Okay, we'll offer you X percent if you give us the game right now, or we'll offer you Y percent if you continue development on it." And I and I said, hey, that you know, that's great. They were both fair offers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to say they were unfair offers. I said, cool. Let, can I ask a few questions? And right. I and I asked right. I sent them some follow up questions about, um, you know, what their expectations would be for me if I continue development on that. And it was basically just recapping the development plan we'd already agreed to, saying, hey, you know, I just want to make sure that just to kind of reaffirm those things. And they never replied to my email. Right. Um. And that would have been, I think that was October. Um, and, and the last thing that we had agreed to before before they made that announcement on Twitter, uh, the last thing we had agreed to is that I'd be working on the game through October and November and that we would check back in in the end of, of November about mm-hmm. where I was. Right. Uh, and so this was uh, mid-October that they made this announcement. I sent the, they, they made the, uh, I sent the email, they sent the offer. I replied to some questions. They didn't respond. The end of November, I sent them a follow-up email and said, Hey, it's the end of November. Uh, you know, I, I I don't have any updates to share with you right now because I was still waiting for some for some answers to those questions about the contract. Right, right, right. The contract offer, and they didn't reply. Uh, and I sent them another email in, uh, and I didn't I didn't send them anything else in December. I sent them another email in the beginning of January. I think it was the second week of January. I said, Hey, hope you had a great holiday. Hope you had a great New Year. Uh, I I honestly I didn't work on the game at the time. You know, it was the holidays. Everybody gets busy. Um, so uh, it's, you know, just want to check back in with you. Uh, are, are we still doing this? And they didn't reply. So then in, uh, in February, early February, I sent them another email saying, listen, you know, uh, it's, it's fine with me if you don't want the game. Right. Um, I, I just appreciate it if you could let me know so that I, so that I can, you know. Right, right. Do what I want with it. And so that I don't, and it, I mean, at this point I was, I was done with it, you know, I was done right. with them, but I was trying to be courteous. Uh, yeah, which is very nice of you. And this time they did reply and they said, we're reevaluating our lineup. Uh, we'll be back in touch when we're ready to talk more. Uh, and, and that was, again, that was not an answer. Well, I mean, it was it was the answer of well, I'm not going to commit one way or another now, which to me is an answer, right? Like it's that's a no. That's and and for you, that's a I should probably find someone else. Yeah, and I mean, let me see, I I could even pull up the email and and, and probably read it to you here because I feel like it maybe it was not even that specific. Let's see if I can find it. And so while you're looking it up, I'll stall. Um, one of the things that strikes me is this isn't you harassing a publisher like, hey, I submitted this game to you. Can you get back to me? This was a publisher offering you a contract. Yeah. You asking questions about said contract and then them just ignoring your emails for months after that. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. That's, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. So here I'm going to, I'm going to edit this email a little bit. Uh, but their, their response was at this point, we're having to reevaluate some of the lineup. We are still interested but we need to uh, consider this IP carefully and we might need to make it a game with fewer minis. Okay? Okay. So that's saying, hey, we're still interested. Right. Really you know, good news, I had a game with no minis. 
Yeah. Can you beat zero? Yeah. Uh, so I replied, and I'll read my reply, and I want you to tell me, and I'd be interested in Builder's feedback on this as well, oh, if, great, if great. I was out of line yeah. with this reply, okay? Uh, and this was, at this point, this has been two weeks since I sent this. I, I replied, I said, thanks for getting back to me. I completely understand. If you're interested in some kind of exclusivity arrangement in the meantime, I'd be happy to talk about that. If not, I'll just carry forward on my own, and reach. you can reach out again if you decide you'd like to take another look at it in the future. So, so what I hear right now with that is, if you would like to buy the game now, or, or, or do something, put something in writing that says, "Don't shop that game around." Yes, we're down. Otherwise, I'm going to start showing the game to other people. That's yeah, what you were saying right. That's what I was saying. Yes. You know, if they if they if they are still genuinely interested and they want to hold on to that then I don't right. think it's unreasonable for me to ask for an exclusivity. Of course, they still haven't replied to that either. Right, right, right. Well, no, because they're, you know, I yeah, I don't, I don't even know if they're annoyed or whatever. If they are annoyed, that's that's on them. You've done nothing wrong here. You've been incredibly patient. Um, you know, it's, it's we, we both run into this before where you've, yeah. you, you have a game, you're excited about the game, you work on the game, you show it to a publisher, they're interested, mm-hmm. they take the game, and then it takes so long for them to get back and their interest kind of wanes or something changes and like, ah, sorry, we can't do it. Okay, fine, fine. But then now you're like, Gosh, I don't even want to work on the game, right? You know, yeah. because you you kind of you've kind of went through your process with it, right? And I I bet I I bet I've dropped five games in that way where I've been like, you know what? If they don't want it, I'm just gonna do a different game. Mm-hmm. I gotta feel like working on it anymore. I can't even remember which games those are. I mean, I can think of a couple, but um, you know, I, but yeah. I think you're being more than fair okay. personally. I and honestly, I I I feel like I've been more patient than I need to be with them. And Absolutely, yeah. So realistically, with with this second publisher about Hardpoint, I I I'm, I have no interest in working with them again in the future. With the way the way that they've treated me um, and the way they've treated my game, I I, I don't appreciate it, and uh, and I really I resent it. Um, uh, and and I. I'm not going to say who that is, of course. I think some folks who who follow me on Twitter uh, probably know who I'm talking about, um, but I'm not going to say that name. Um, it's disappointing and it's unprofessional. And 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 what I'm feeling like right now is is kind of reflecting on this. I feel like I've had that experience a lot, um, more than you have had. And I don't talk about it a lot on on the podcast. Have you though? I'm trying to think of other times you've had that experience. It, not in all the same context, but I've had a, a lot of experiences uh, with people who who present themselves as professionals in the industry who are far from professional. Um, and and you know this is probably an artifact of 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 kind of our level in 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 this stuff, right? We're not working with big publishers. We're not working. With with big guys like uh, Pandasaurus, you know, we're not we're not working with big publishers. Uh, I'm trying to think of other big names, but but um, Asmodee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we're not. At, we're working with with you know small independent publishers, and and uh, in in situations like this, many of my experiences have been really, really just ex- exceedingly unprofessional. Yeah, I see. I don't know. I some of the most professional people I've dealt with, some of the people I've been most happy to work with, were small independent publishers. Um, I think the difference is you, you said this in the beginning. People who present themselves as these professional business people that aren't right. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give two examples if okay. that's okay. Yeah. So okay. So I have dealt with two companies that bought one of my games 
to be their launch title, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. First one, I won't mention the company. They're pretty confident they don't exist, uh, but Almost I'm not going to mention it anyways. Yeah. Uh, uh, but they bought Gunsling and Ramblers a uh, mm-hmm. long, long, long time ago, like four weeks into my game design career. Yeah. First I sold that time. game. Yeah. It was a bad game at the time. It, it needed a lot of new stuff, but they they bought it. They paid me too much money for it. Um, they, they did a lot of crazy things. And then I ended up taking it back. Like I asked for it back because they were going to do a really bad job in Kickstarter if they ever got it there. And they were going to make me look bad in my first thing. And uh, and, and honestly, my biggest fear wasn't the Kickstarter was going to fail. It was that it was going to succeed and they were going to make such a bad game with my name on it that, you know, I mean, sure, Ben and Matt, right? If, if so, they go to some publisher and they make some total trash heap of a game out of one of their games, right? Mm-hmm. It could happen. I mean, they make good stuff, but that could happen to anybody, right? Publisher yeah. takes it, turns it into a trash heap, puts it out there. That happens to Ben and Matt. Now people are like, oh man, you guys, what happened? You got screwed you know? by the publisher. Yeah. yeah. That happens to me. First time Joe Schmo publisher, people say, that guy sucks at designing games. Like they could legitimately think that, right? I was nervous about that, right? Mm-hmm. In, in here's the thing. When I first worked with that person, I had my doubts, but I was also new to the industry and I was I was just excited that someone wanted my game. And yeah. you know, at that point, two companies wanted my game. And I was like, oh my gosh, and I picked the wrong one. But you know, uh, I was really jazzed about it at the time. Yeah. Um, now when Mark Spector sat down with me and said, Hey, I'm going to start, I'm going to start this company called the Grand Gamers Guild. I want to publish, I want to publish your game as my launch title. I had no worries at all mm-hmm. because Mark is a professional individual. Yeah. And when Mark says he's going to do something, he does it. And when he says he's going to succeed and go forward with it, I trust he's going to do everything in his power and probably some things beyond to make that happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is the difference. See, Here's the, in my mind, the only difference between a crappy, untrustworthy person at a small publisher and a big publisher is that at a big publisher, they're going to sink enough money into your game and enough investment that they're going to have to do something with it. A small publisher who's going to give you a real small upfront, if any, who's going to, um, you know, say some things, but not put anything in writing right away. They're not, they can just walk away, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, now granted, you look at a company like Green Couch or a company like Grand Gamers Guild, right? They can't just walk away because that is their livelihood. They are invested, sure. right? Yeah. Um, but some of these other companies, they, they can. Now you're dealing with Pandasaurus. They buy your game. They don't want to just walk away because they have yeah. a business to run, right? Yeah, right. Um, so I think the the thing is a crappy person in either place is a crappy person. There are just more rules at the other at the bigger companies yeah. to keep them in check because mm-hmm. it's not just one person running a company and doing a bad job at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I say running a company in like air quotes because I mean sometimes they're not, right? I mean it's like I've published games. That doesn't I'm not a publishing company sure, though, right? Sure. I'm going to publish more games. I'm still not going to think of myself as a publishing company, right? Yeah. Um so does that does that no, I get make sense? Saying. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't want to give small independent publishers a bad rap because no, 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 no. Because uh, again, I love working with small independent yeah. publishers because I get to work with them more. And and, and so it, it's important for me to remind myself, of course, that the common denominator here is me. So this is your fault. So so how <laughs> so what blame needs to come back on me, right? And this this is the kind of thing that I, I this is really kind of the crux of what I've, I've been trying to reconcile in my head, how mm-hmm. much of this is my own doing? So, so I think about this and I think about Adam shop. So how much of the, of that frustration is my own doing? Well, I stopped working on the game, right? And I trusted 
and and I was encouraged by my that that communication that I had with that publisher about their excitement, and I felt good about their excitement. And I stopped talking to other publishers, and I stopped working on the game. Um, and that's on me. That's on me to to assume that I had sold the game, even though I didn't have a contract yet. And the same goes for uh, Hardpoint, where where uh, I was working with them in good faith, but still without a contract. And 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 right. I. In some cases, you could say I was the one being unprofessional because because I was putting all my eggs in that basket, right. and that probably was not a good thing for me to do. So I would say this: hard point, not your fault. I mean, you could have asked for a contract right up front, and you yeah. probably would have gotten one. I probably would have, and you'd probably now have a game that very well may not ever get published, sure, because you wouldn't own the rights to it anymore, and you don't want that because you you believe in that game and you like that game. Yeah. The other one, yeah, I think you probably sank too much hope in that. Because they were excited about it, but they never said, we're going to publish this game. They said, we feel good about this game. We like this game, right? Yeah. Publishers say this stuff all the time, sure. you know? Um, another good example I can give, I think that ties into that with me not wanting to put myself in that position, like the hard point position you were in, right? Yeah. Um, Mark Spector and I have talked about doing another game together. And it's a bigger game. It's just got more stuff going on, right? Uh, and I'm not announcing that we're doing it because I don't no, know no. who we are, right? But... um. I had done some development on the game and he looked and he said, I like this. This this could be something we could do together. And he said, but would you be willing to do development on it? And I said, yes, but I want you to sign it first. And he said, that's fair. And I said, but I want you to know why I want you to sign it first. I said, because if 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 I don't work on this game and you you hold on to it, you look at it, you play it, you say, yeah, I, let's do this game, right? And, and great, we, you sign it, we develop it together. Now on the contrary, if you say, you know, I don't think I want to do the game. I haven't done any work on it. Cool, we're square, right? Mm-hmm. But the second you put me in a position, intentionally or unintentionally, with Mark, it would be unintentionally sure. because he's a good guy, uh, develop this game, Jason. Hey, never mind, I don't want it. Now I've done the thing that I hate more than anything, uh, which is frankly one of the reasons why I gave up on Gunsling and Ramblers. Mm-hmm. I did so much development on that game to make it right for one publisher, and then the publisher didn't want it anymore. Yeah. So when that happens, you know, now I now I hate the game. I don't even want to work on the game, right? Yeah. And I didn't want that to happen in this game. So I said, I want to be friends with you. I don't want to put us in this bad position. And he said, that's really smart. Let's not do that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that these, these were also people that presented themselves very professional. They were very excited. Mm-hmm. You were coming off a high of signing like 4,000 games in like a month. <laughs> hey, far from it. <laughs> so, But no, you signed two games really quickly and it looked like you were going to sign two more, right? Yeah. And you were kind of riding that wave, right? Well, I signed two in Gen Con, from Gen Con 2016. 16? No, 17. 17, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, it, it, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's it's like so it's it's frustrating, and, and your 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 thoughts are well taken on that. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure how to feel where to go from here. You know. Um. So this is okay. I think I'm ready to talk about this because this is this this is in the in, in ringing in my ears in in the back of my head around all this, and this is important context. I think. I think it frames your attitude towards these other experiences yeah very well okay so so the first two games i ever signed in close succession to each other first because that's how you sign games right first was Sloon tycoon which was an incredible experience across the board from beginning to end working with aj and evan was was a joy and could not have been more greatly contrasted by uh my experience with epic monster tea party 
Uh, I signed Epic Monster Tea Party with Playco pretty quickly after they, they got the prototype. Um, the guy who was running the company at that time was just just losing his mind over geeking out. Couldn't couldn't be more excited. Uh, and that was that was really exciting. After um, after a, so before that, I I had the game out to a publisher who actually is a pretty well known publisher. I won't name them. Where they also had a similar experience where they geeked out and they loved it. They they said well, I can't wait to get this in our catalog and then stopped replying to my emails and I never heard from him again. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, and as far as like I, I'm concerned, that guy can can just uh, I'm I have no interest in working with him again. Uh, that's probably to my detriment. He probably doesn't even remember who I am uh, or what my game was. He runs a pretty big publisher, runs a big publishing house now. Um, but he, you know, anyway, I should probably get over that. But I'm done with it. I literally have no recollection of this. No, oh yeah, no, I was so. pissed about that. Anyway, so I signed, I signed with Playco. Had the same level of enthusiasm and excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, the guy who was running the company at that time really got me excited about it. Um, the, that, that was at, at Unpub that following summer at Gen Con, uh, Christine and I met him for, for dinner and drinks. Uh, and he did it up. He I did it up, talking about right? It. He did it up. He even hired Christine and I to write a companion children's book to go along with the game. That would be sort of a Kickstarter bonus, but also a kind of a side gig. And I don't think I ever talked about this in the show, but he, no, I don't think you did either. He gave us a contract, uh, and said, you, you give me this many pages, this many words, and I want you to to do sketches because my the artist that I've hired for the game is Russian. She doesn't speak English very well, so any kind of guide I can give her to help with these illustrations would be very very helpful. Um, so so Christine and I wrote that together. We wrote the book together. Uh, it was like an eighteen page children's book, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I illustrated all the pages. And it was you know not high detail right, but it was right. It was you know pencil sketches with some color and and. It was. I mean, we wrote a children's book together yeah, using yeah. these characters from Epic Monster Tea Party, uh, and we sent him. You know, and the, and the due date was, hey, you know, deliver it by by X date, uh, and uh, and you got yourselves a deal. And uh, we delivered it, and we never heard from him again. Right. And then, I think it was two years later, uh, the folks who are now running Playco, uh, Mike and Mike and Deanna, who are wonderful people. Um. And and are working their butts off to to in the best way they know how to, to to actually make something of that company and of the games that they've got in their catalog. Um, they kind of reached out to me and said, "Hey, Rob, we we you know we're sorry about this. Uh, we we've been through a lot of trouble now, uh, but we're ready to move forward on this Kickstarter and and to to publish your game." But that was two years of not knowing what was going on. And when I asked them about that children's book, they had no idea what I was even talking about. And just to recap for people, with Epic Monster Teapotter, you made the decision to sign an ex... a, per, a deal in perpetuity. In perpetuity, right? They, they That's paid important. Paid you piece. X number of dollars, right? And you never got the game. You will. You will and they never own it get forever. the game back. Yes. Right? Yeah. And if it even if they went bankrupt and disappeared, they still own. They game. still own my game, and I will never get it back. And, and I'll never sign a contract like that again. Right. Because because in hindsight, that was a dumb choice, and I didn't know any better at the time. Because it was only the second game I'd ever signed. You know, I didn't know. Um. And that really that that still hurts. That still hurts that this guy who was, uh, who really was, seemed to know what he was doing, seemed to know what he was talking about. Every conversation I had with him was meaningful and was rewarding and, um, seemed to genuinely love what, love my game, love everything about it. 
And I mean, he paid me pretty well for it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, from what we know now about yeah, the industry, you have paid pretty well. Pretty well for it, right? So I had nothing to complain about there. But but then then it just ended and, and I and I had no feedback forever. And 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 that was really frustrating and upsetting. And we, and it was years of just not knowing. Just not knowing right, what right, was going right, on or what right. to expect or if anybody would ever see. Right. Or if you were game. gonna like suddenly see your game on Kickstarter or right. on store shelves somewhere or something. Right. Um so that was frustrating, and that's a part of this. And and so now I, I really feel soured by when 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 an experience like that happens to me again, it just it just lays more more frustration onto right. me with this stuff. And it makes me it makes me question a lot of of what what I'm doing and why am I doing it? Am I doing it? Um, am I doing it for me? Am I doing it to publish games? I'm, I know I'm not doing it for money, and it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what it, it makes me stop and remind me, try ask myself. I don't want to say remind myself. Ask myself that question over and over and over again. And I've been asking myself that question a lot over the last few months. Why am I even doing this? You know? Um so that that's documentary podcast, right? It's it's important right. that we right. talk about these things. And 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 I wasn't sure and i couldn't talk about it before but this is the first right. time we've gotten back together to record since i've gotten those two rejections right, right right um and that's where i am that's where i am now so so i wanted to share that with builders um i don't know I, you know i'd welcome any thoughts or, or feedback i know i did some things wrong and i know that i i need to take some blame for some of these experiences right. and for letting myself get into these situations that's right. that's totally on me um so yeah i don't know that's that's just kind of where my head is right now, what I wanted to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's good stuff to talk about. And I mean, I think that uh, the the main reason we have to be doing this if we're going to keep doing this is because it's fun, right? Um, you know, yeah, and I mean, yeah. that is what I've found again lately is is the fun in game design, you know, working with Neil and, you know, working on a couple other little projects and putting my own stuff out there. Like, I, I'm excited again about game design because... Mm-hmm. I'm not waiting for someone else to, to help me move forward, right? And yeah. you, you mentioned last week you're going to talk about um, uh, the next time you pitch, you're going to pitch a game oh, about yeah. uh, putting it on Game Crafter. Uh, and that's fantastic yeah. because you are passionate about that. Yeah. Um, so so that's... And, and that item shop is what I was talking about. Yeah, I think, I think I'm just going to get item shop up on Game Crafter. Oh, great. Yeah. That's a perfect game for that. I think so, it is, yeah. yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Um, and, but you, but you're you're right. That's that's the root of of kind of what it is. Is that I haven't been having fun for the last several months. Right. I think I think since since that publisher announced on Twitter that they were publishing my game, and then I never heard from them again. Uh, since then, I haven't had any fun doing this. Right. And I and it's just it's felt like like a burden, like an obligation, and something that I'm I'm apprehensive about, and I don't right. like that. And I'm I don't I don't enjoy that. And I don't like feeling that way. Do you want me to tell you why you haven't had any fun? I can tell you why. Sure. Because I know a thing or two and I know Rob Couch really well. Um, you said from the beginning that the business side of this was something you never wanted to have to deal oh, with. I and, hate business. And you were very fortunate in the beginning yeah. to deal with only the positive aspects of the business. You, true. you fell dealt with a few here and there and some of those don't exist in the industry anymore and some of them do. But for the most part, your early experiences were very positive. Yeah. I got screwed around a lot in the you beginning. You sure did. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad. I'm actually glad I did. I mean, yeah. then I wasn't glad because I, I, I'm yeah. shocked I'm still doing it. Like you and this podcast are probably the only reason why I'm still designing games. Sure. Um, because I, I, things were really crappy in the beginning. Um, 
But the nice thing about that was instead of having early success, having early failures, to me, it it said this is as bad as it's going to get. If you can push through this, it's worthwhile, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess remember that, right? Sure. Remember that if yeah. you're having a good time, do things on your own terms and that's good enough. Like mm-hmm. if somebody wants to buy your game, awesome. If somebody, you know, a publisher doesn't want to buy your game, it's all right. Do it anyways, you know? Um you you've published a couple games, uh, several actually, soon to be four, right? You'll have one four, more coming, coming out this out. summer. Yeah, yeah. I That'll still can't four. talk about who that's with or right. any details of it. But, but still, you'll have four games coming out, yeah. um, and uh, that's a huge. That's four times many as many games as most publishers get out, and that's the honest truth, right? And not publishers, most game designers yeah. get out. Um, we have really talented designer friends who still don't have any games out, um, mm-hmm. and it's because that's just them's the break sometimes, right? Um, so the fact that we have between us now six or seven games is ridiculous. It's stupid. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely stupid. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, you know, I mean, cause you just never know. But, um, but I do think it's smart for you to, to focus on doing some game crafter stuff. I think that that is a wise decision. Got to find my mojo again. Yeah. 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 Remember you have to, you have to do what Matt Riddle says, figure out where the fun is, right? Where's the fun? Where's the fun? Um, you know, uh, smartest thing Matt Riddle ever said. I actually, I as you know, I keep these little quotes on my desk and actually where's the fun yeah. is what I've added because because some days I need to ask myself that question. Yeah. Like, you know, why am I doing whatever it is I'm doing? Yeah. Um, and here's the thing, guys, a little, little free advice for you. Sometimes the answer is going to be there isn't any fun in what you're doing anymore and you need to ask yourself, Maybe that's not what you should. Maybe be doing I should anymore. stop doing it. Yeah. Please don't stop designing games. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I get. You. I firmly believe there's fun yeah, in that. Yeah, so yeah. for you, but but you know, I mean, there are times when you have to say to yourself, "There's this isn't worthwhile anymore." Yeah, it's more negative than positive. I give up. Yeah, um, not in life. To be clear, not in life. I'm just saying, in a certain thing in life, sure. that's okay. Right. Uh, but anyways, all right. Enough uh, yeah. speech giving. There, we are way over time. Are we? Okay. I'm not going to pitch a game. Okay, sure. Um. So so it was hash- a shorter pitch, but it we're. I mean, it's we're way over time. Okay. All <laughs> so right. So that's okay. Hashtag riddle smart. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Hashtag riddle not handsome. <laughs> <laughs> that's mean. That's mean. All right, we're going to call it. Um, thanks, builders. Uh, okay, the normal stuff. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, buildinggamepodcast.gmail.com. Website is buildinggamepodcast.com. Google voice number 770-TELL-BTG. Twitter at podcastbtg, at jaslingerland, at poorly underscore design. 770-TELL-BTG. Leave us a message or email us a recording if you want us to play it. Uh, we should be able to get back on some of that next uh, next couple of weeks. Um, I think we're past our glut of interviews and... and uh, uh, out of, glut of well, interviews. We had we had two interviews. Some really good episodes. But no, I yeah, I'm not saying they're bad, but it, we we had we had kind of a, a trio of uh, of out of the ordinary shows for us. So we'll get back to kind of our standard routine uh, coming up here in the future. Probably play a game on the show again. It's been a little while since we did that. Oh, we're gonna play a game. It's gonna be good. Okay, good. It's gonna be good. Good. All right. Uh, but uh, but that's gonna be it for us tonight. Uh, so thanks everybody again. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, enjoy the year of pablo because it's man it's going on for for a whole year for at least a few more months we got a few more weeks we got ten and a half months left in the year of pablo yes yes all All right right. good night
Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast.